Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Passing on Luka Doncic. God, that's dumb. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, a smart way exists at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skill for your job. Actively invite them to apply and get qualified candidates fast. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. A lot of good sports, a lot of good concerts coming up. I'm going to both. I'm going to games and concerts this month. Not telling you what. For $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or... Go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by the world's best website, TheRinger.com. I got to say, I think the site is always good, but Wednesday was an all-time day for us. So much good stuff. Uh, All week, really great stuff on basketball, soccer, pop culture, tech, uh, some great features. Like, Just go check it out. It's really good. If you like reading, you might not like reading. You might not not like uh, using your brain. I don't know. I, I can't judge you. It's a great site. Check it out. Check out the Ringer Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe to Winging It with Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore and Annie Finberg. Um, new podcast for us. It's going to be good. I have high hopes for it. The JJ ones turned out great. You're listening to the JJ Reddick podcast, right? Well, if you're listening to that and you like that one, you like a little inside NBA stuff mixed with some interviews, um, I think you'll like this one as well. This is a little more centered on basketball life, but uh, still a good one. We also, Shea Serrano's podcast, Villains, third episode went up this week. Hope you're checking that out. And coming up, we are going to do NFL Picks at the Top. We're going to talk to my old friend, Jeff Ross, who brought his best friend, David Tell. They have a new Netflix series coming out. And we're going to talk about stand-up comedy and uh, all kinds of stuff on make fun of Jeff Ross, basically. And then my daughter's coming on at the tail end. We were overdue for a new episode of Four Reelsies. So she's got a lot of thoughts on a lot of things in pop culture right now. So all of that, all of that is happening. But first, our friends from Pro Jam. All right, we're going to do some football picks. I'm red hot. Throw some water on me. Mally Rubin is here. Hello. She knows about hot. She loves the dragons on Game of Thrones. That's I feel true. like I'm one of the dragons right now. Oh, my the God. The million dollar picks. Which one? Five and oh last two weeks. I'm up $6.8 million since we brought this back. Kyle, you love this. <laughs> Kyle, I, just, loves I just love that you're a dragon now. I'm up $6.8 million. Can you I'm, believe that? I'm curious which dragon you think you are. And what What's, that says about your future and your past. What's the one that's still alive? Well, there, there are two right now. You think you're Drogon? You're the favorite? The favorite boy? I'm feeling Mommy's like Drogon boy? right now. Who was the one that died? What was his name? Well, he was resurrected oh. by the Night King, Viserion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. Dear oh, sweet boy. Shit. Yeah, he yeah. was. Brought down the that. wall, remember? Are you going to bring down the wall? I need to rewatch because you know when these shows go away for a year, I can't remember what More happened three year. weeks ago. Yeah. Bill. I have great news for you. I have a podcast that I'd like to recommend to you. To help What's you it catch called? Up on Game of Thrones. It's called Binge, binge on Game of Thrones. You guys do Game of Thrones on Binge Mode? I had no idea. I thought you're like on episode 158 of Harry Potter. I forgot you did Game of Thrones. If only. Wouldn't that be great? 
What episode are you on in Harry Potter? 54. Oh, 54. Yeah. That's a lot of Harry we're Potter. We're nearing the end. I'm sad. You're nearing the end? Yeah. We're on the you last cry book. at the end? Oh, undoubtedly. We're forcing you to take a mandatory break from <laughs> binge mode after this. Just for my tears? Just to regroup. Well, you got to get ready for Game of Thrones. It's true. It's true. It's almost like in uh, Creed 2 when you had to go in the desert to train for for the fight. There's a new book, Fire and Blood, yeah. that came out last week. And Jason and I have been talking about it a lot this week, shifting back into the Westerosi headspace. Start thinking about Game of Thrones again. It's almost time, season eight. We got to get into fighting shape. There's no way you guys are going to be happy with how it ends. The expectations are going to be so high. You're just going to be let down somehow. You might be right. but Something I'm, will happen that you just won't like. I'm going in, as I always do in all aspects of life, as you know, I'm famous for this. Yeah. Positivity, an open mind. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're not like that at all. I like, except for Lamar Jackson. This is a good segue. <sighs> Flacco's back at practice today. I know. So yeah. you're, you're a Ravens fan. Yeah. Lamar Jackson comes in. Doesn't light it on fire, but at least- with uh, you know the running game, little game management kind of changes the personality of the team. You don't have to worry about an interception every time your quarterback goes back pass. I'm you win all two in, in a row. Lamar. You love. Well, you've in. been all in from the get go. Yeah. You turned on Joe Flacco a while ago, even though he brought you a Super Bowl. <sighs> this is one of your worst takes. <laughs> well, that's what happened. It's not a take. I didn't it's turn on him. It's only a take if it's not true. You did turn on him. I didn't turn on turn him. You on him. Turning on him you implies him for a change. A Bowl. You used him for a Super Bowl and you dumped him. <laughs> no, I will be eternally grateful for that Super Bowl, which many players on that team contributed to. Yeah. That does not mean that Joe Flacco should still, in the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> with Lamar Jackson on the roster, be playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. I heard Colin Coward. I was driving on the radio the other day, and he was doing a whole thing about Lamar Jackson, how... This is flash in a panty. Be careful. He's basically like the same stuff he did seven years ago with Tebow. Mm -hmm. He is what he is. Don't get seduced by this. There's not a lot of directions this can go. Teams will figure this out. There's going to be no plan B when they figure out what he can do, all that stuff. I just don't, I don't agree. I don't. I just don't agree. I don't know how I feel about it. I think there is a world where that take might be true because it's not like from a passing standpoint, he's been amazing. I, and he's 209 pounds, right? Here's the way it can be true. That's an indictment of the coaching around him and the approach to having him as a player, not to him as a player himself. Yeah. Any, I don't, I actually don't understand how anyone who's watched any of his college tape can think that he can't throw. Like he has an incredible arm. Sure. Are there going to be adjustments and a learning curve with accuracy and with decision-making? Of course, but that's true for every young quarterback. So right. when you add in his athletic ability and his ability as a runner and you factor in the arm strength, like the, he's, he's taking a lot of flack for the, the little sidearm whips. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, you want to talk about someone with a fucked up throwing motion. Has anyone watched Sam Darnold release the football from his ankle? Right. I, it's just, I don't know. It's all, all of this is so bizarre to me. Like running the ball too often in game one suddenly became in game one, meaning his first start, the most predictable and yet absurd overcorrection of all time, where in the first half of his second start, he basically looked afraid to run, even if there was clearly a path ahead of him that right. he should have taken. And again, that's that's coaching. Like, give the kid the confidence so to use his abilities. So you've turned on Harbaugh, too. He also brought you a Super Bowl. I have not Who turned else can you turn on? Ray Lewis? I have not. Bill, I'll never turn on <laughs> Terrell you. Terrell Suggs? I'll never turn on that's you, true. and that's all that counts. That's true. That's all that matters to me. I am I have not turned on Harbaugh. I'm in on Lamar Jackson. I've been in since the get-go. You know I wanted the pass to take him. Yes. He does seem small, and it does worry me when he's scrambling because, and by the way, he's not alone. 
Mahomes scares me. Mm-hmm. I don't like when Mahomes takes hits. You don't want any of these guys taking that many no, hits. No, they but certain guys that's like they take the hit and you're like, all right, he's big enough, he can withstand that. This one, it just seems like Lamar Jackson can get broken on the wrong hit. I think that again, it's about awareness. And I think that he actually has shown decent instincts for when to slide, particularly yeah. when to try to get out of bounds. Like he knows he can't take. 12 hits to his legs every game. Obviously, nobody can sustain that kind of damage. But again, it's just on what the strategy is. I don't understand how the dominant narrative has become, can this work, as opposed to, wow, isn't this exciting? A team that for the better part of its existence in the NFL since the first Super Bowl has had a dominant or at least good defense decent coaching and just no energy and excitement on offense finally has a spark. And it's just a list of problems and questions instead of euphoria and joy. Guess what? I'm leaning into the euphoria and joy. I think people miss the Joe Flacco pass interference offense though. The way he would lure those cornerbacks into just bumping the receiver at the wrong time. It was really special. Well, I I pray we never see Flacco PI. That was my video idea. We never did. I was so excited for it. Nobody remembers Magnum PI, even though it's on now. (laughs) The reason I bring up the Ravens, they are so million dollar picks. Mm -hmm. I'm red hot right now. The Ravens are getting one and a half in Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta season is basically over. Yes. Four and seven. It seems like a winnable game. Vegas obviously feels like you're better because you get three points for being at home. The Falcons couldn't even get that. Mm -hmm. From a DVOA standpoint, the Ravens are eighth. DVOA right now. I like this is the time of year when I actually like DVOA because we have enough football and sample size. They are 15th offensively, fifth defensively, six special teams. Atlanta, as we know, uh, the rare combination of the shaky defense and the shaky coaching, they're 32nd in DVOA, not to mention all the other stuff that comes up with being Atlanta. On the other hand, you look at their games that they've played and they've lost to some good teams. Mm hmm. So we're we're hitting a point now where you almost have to look at the loss. You go, all right, they lost to New Orleans in overtime. Right. They lost to Philly in opening night. They lost to Cincy last minute when Cincy was healthy before they lost all before their guys. They, fell off the, they got yeah. killed by Pittsburgh. Lost to Cleveland, Dallas, and New Orleans the last three. Kind of like the Browns. Dallas has been playing well. They only lost by three, and then they got killed by the Saints. I'm not sure they're bad is my point. They're not like a bottom eight team. They're probably that no. next level up. They've but just, it's a winnable game for you. They've just been killed by injuries. I mean, particularly on the defensive right. side. So when I think about this game from the Ravens' perspective, it's in a, it's an appealing matchup for Lamar Jackson against yes. that defense Thinking to try to establish the balance, the hybrid approach. Here's the running, but also... I can challenge those corners. I can go deep. If we ever find Willie Sneed again, you know, let me throw six times to Michael Crabtree. Maybe he'll catch a couple of them. And suddenly Gus Edwards being a part of this offense the last couple of weeks, the running back from Rutgers. Yeah, Gus Edwards is going to like swing a fantasy league. a, A little bit of a bruising style there in the backfield. I think that is appealing. The question is, can the defense, which... Pretty rapidly swung from, is this the best defense in football in the first month and a half of the season to, oh boy, it. we have some some problems here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they can, they can stop Julio and Ridley. So the question is, while it looks like a tempting matchup for Lamar in the offense, can they get in and hang in a shootout? I don't know. Like, can that Ravens offense put up 
38 points right now because that's probably what the Falcons are going to put up. Let me throw one more scenario at you. The Falcons are four and seven. If you look at their schedule, there's some run the slate potential. I don't know if they're good enough, hmm. but home for Baltimore at Green Bay. Neither wow. of us think Green, Green Bay is very a mess. good. Yeah. Home Arizona at Carolina at Tampa. I do not think they will go five and zero the last five, but I was trying to figure out. There's going to be some team that's under 500 right now that runs the slate and is kind of lingering in the playoffs. It might be Denver. Right. Uh, Denver might already, they, we already might have selected that team. But for whatever reason, I'm hesitant to to move Atlanta just out because they can move the ball. This is the game they need to keep any hope alive. Yeah. Which is a little scary. It's weird because they're they, they still not out of the playoff picture. Nine and seven could make the playoffs in the in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so much parity in the league right now that barely anyone is out of it. That Carolina game late looks tough because Carolina will be fighting for a playoff spot at that point. But you're right. I mean, Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa, those are wins. So they need the Ravens win. You know what I love in this game for the Ravens, though? What? Justin Tucker. Yeah. In a dome. Unstoppable. I, let him kick it from 75 yards. Yeah. Why not? How about Lamar in a dome? I think it's going to be great. All right. We're going to hold this. I'm going to make my picks and then decide at the end whether I want to do that. I have $1 million, $1 million bet this week. Okay. The Los Angeles Rams are playing in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're favored by 10. The money line is minus 480. I am going to parlay the money line of the Rams- all they have to do is win the game. Okay. With the Bears of Chicago. Okay. Who are minus 200 and minus four in New York playing Pat Shermer and the Giants. The rejuvenated Giants. The, the, the not really rejuvenated <laughs> Giants. I'm not a believer. They rolled over last week in the second half. Yeah, they're a mess. I, I'm not sure they can block. And I think it's been hidden the last couple of weeks by who they've played. They have not played a defense like the Bears. Um, in a while. And I just think the Bears D can win this game by itself, but I don't trust the minus four. So you're not, you're not worried at all that it sounds like Trubisky is still out. I'm okay with Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's in. I'm okay with Chase Daniel. Taking Chase Daniel over Eli Manning. That's where it's gotten for Eli Manning. No, bring him in. He's all right. He can watch. Wilds, come sit down. We're finishing a pod. What's up? How are you? Um, What's up, dude? You know nephew Kyle? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're yeah. chilling in. Uh, oh yeah, Cleveland. Up, Cleveland. How are you? Hi, buddy. Um, so, I know Chase. I kind of like Chase Daniel. I thought it took him a half to kind of remember how to play quarterback because it's not like he's getting yeah. reps, practice reps. I don't think he's bad. You famously, as a college football enthusiast, Love have always guy. loved Chase Daniel's loved Missouri Chase Daniel. tape. You're always. talking about it all the time. He's my next. <laughs> he's the next Case Keenum, in my opinion. Like four years from now, he's going to be making $20 million a year for a seven mm-hmm. to nine team. And we'll be going, what's happening? Interesting. I, Chase uh, Daniels quietly made like a lot of money in his career. Yeah. He's been pretty <laughs> he's good. He's doing fine. He's so, doing fine. How many picks is Eli going to throw against the Bears? Well, that's so there. And how many sacks is he going to take? There's a couple things I really like about this game. The Giants have played like three pretty good offensive games in a row. And Eli's been pretty good three games in a row. And now there's buzz about, well, they might bring him back. Well, you know, Eli's reanimated corpse has been pretty good. You know what I, what I really love Eli at home against a good defense, just sucking it up and being bad (laughs) and throwing picks and the fans getting bummed out and people leaving in the fourth quarter. I am putting it's the odds are minus minus one twenty three for this money parlay. Okay. I'm putting $1.23 million (laughs) to win a million. Okay. It's my million dollar pick. Rams, Incredible. 
Bears. All they have to do is win. I so love that's it. that's my first one. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna a Khalil Max strip sack. Khalil versus Eli, sign me up. I'm right there. Basically a, <laughs> gar- a guarantee. I'm in. By the way, Tariq Cohen kind of do. Yeah. Kind of do. Has yeah. hurt my feelings fantasy wise a couple times this year. They've been all of their all of their offense, weirdly, other than biscuit titties Trubisky. It's like been it. tough to own. Yeah. It's like those years when Belichick is just like, I hate fantasy. I'm just splitting up carries with everybody and nobody can have any of my guys. And Tom Brady can never yeah. score a touchdown this year. So Kyle, I'm doing something unusual. Even doing? though I'm on a hot streak right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick three underdogs and try to go two and one. Yeah. You told me about and this. If I go three, and oh, fine, but I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine throwing away a thing. <laughs> if I go three and oh, fine. If what I go three flex. and oh, that'd be great. I think he said two and one the first time he said it to me. But. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to go two yeah. and one. All right, okay. let's do it. And I'm not putting a million dollars in any of these. I'm doing, I'm doing half a million. Okay. What restraint? half a million picks. What admirable restraint. No, I like these three. The first one, you're going to laugh. Okay. The Cleveland Browns at Houston getting six points. I love this. I don't think Houston's good. I'm still not a believer. Eight wins Tennessee would have beaten them last week. Did you watch that game? I did. Tennessee's up 10 nothing. Kickoff fumble, balls bouncing around. Their guy somehow doesn't get it. They give up. Then they come down. It's like, I think it's like 10 10 or 14 10 or whatever. Fourth and inches. Don't give it to Derrick Henry. Don't give it to Derrick Henry. (laughs) They line up everybody and they give it to some some weight fifth string tight end I've never heard of. Very tough. Tip tops before he goes in. Very tough. Lose the ball. And then I I just felt like they blew that game. I do not think Houston's good. I'm not buying them. And uh, I like the way the Browns, the new coaching staff, mm-hmm. their offensive line's been good the last couple weeks. Baker's starting to feel a little bit. Baker's playing My man, great. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. You love Nick Chubb. Both fantasy teams. <laughs> I have him in daily fantasy every week. I love Nick Chubb. I just think they keep it close and I think they can win. So I'm the, grabbing the six. The idea of the Texans winning nine games in a row is inconceivable. It's absurd. It just defies comprehension in, it's absurd. in any respect. They were dying to give away that game. So now here's the other thing with the Texans. Also, we need the Colts Andrew Luck narrative to maintain and regain and then maintain momentum down the stretch. So we need the Texans to lose a game so that the Colts can start. I have bad news for division. you on that one. Uh-oh. Did um, I inadvertently just set up your no, it, your next pick? I don't feel good about what I'm about to do on that one. But. Oh, boy. So are you taking Cody Kessler and the Jags? So here's the other thing with Houston. <laughs> oh, my so, God. You are. No, hold on. <laughs> So you said they were in Houston, Tennessee last week, Monday night. Mm-hmm. It went great. Oh man, let's, let's big party. We're doing great. Now they have two more home games in a row, home for Cleveland, home for Indy. They're already thinking ahead to Indy a little bit. Right. Yeah, we'll beat the Browns. We got Indy next week. That's Trap the game. game. They're home. They, the, the guys, they have like their girlfriend in the one apartment and then the other girlfriend, in the other apartment, they really like settled in the home life. Not as focused <laughs> on this Browns game. Ah, we'll beat the Browns. I, it feels a little trap game-ish. I like the idea the of the Browns making it wrong. I'm putting 550000 and win 500 okay. on the Browns plus six. So that's one. Uh, next one. Oh, man. Boy. Can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, boy. The Vikings are f- getting five points in New England. Okay. The line's too high. These two teams are even, and the line should be three. It's out of respect to the five-time <laughs> Super Bowl champ, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, uh-huh. and their success at Gillette Stadium, and just the infrastructure that's been in place, just this wonderful franchise that has brought 
me and other football fans nothing but joys what other over the football years. fans true yeah what it's other been football great fans who are you talking about it's been wonderful <laughs> but all i can do is this when the lines are off mm-hmm. and i'm getting free points mm-hmm. with a team that could win on the road you lean in I have to do it wrap your arms I around those points i can't i you know my my teams are like my children I would bet against my son in the you right turn circumstance. On them that if my quickly. son was getting okay. too many points, I'll like, <laughs> bet against know. him this week. Like gambling is gambling. The Pats are ninth in DVOA. The Vikings are 14th. Um, Everson Griffin's back. They lost Rhodes. It doesn't look like they're getting Rhodes, yeah, but I the think they're going to have a pass rush. Brady has just not been good. What's going on with that? He just not, hasn't been good. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been good. Three fantasy leagues. He hasn't been good. It's been a debacle. <laughs> he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been good. Oh, I think it's two things. It's Gronk isn't Gronk anymore. Um, Edelman looked good last week, but uh, you know, uh, but they had they ran the ball a lot more last week, and that Jets game was hairier than I think anyone expected. Do you think the Jets are good? Oh, I do not. Like the Jets, no, Kyle. The Jets could have like beaten us last yeah, it was, week. Yeah. It was close for a yeah. long like time. Like three quarters was, for the first two. I was like, we're gonna lose this game. So what happened other, to Chris Hogan? He's just, I don't know. Did he's he just like, I'm actually going to go play lacrosse again? I don't what, know what happened? happened there? To him. I don't Moonlighting understand. That. Maybe he's thinking about the new pro lacrosse league. So I think the Vikes can win. The other thing with the Pats is they'll give up the cheap garbage time touchdown at the end, even if they're up 10. Mm-hmm. They'll give up the one late. I think Minnesota can win this game. Are you worried about seeding for the Patriots? Yeah, I'm worried about the Patriots, just everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, from a skill position standpoint, this is the scariest receiver core he's had in a few years. I like to get this stuff on tape from you. You were doing this a lot with the with the Red Sox. I'm so, uh, uh. I didn't realize yeah, that. When was the last time Benny got a hit? Uh, God, Chris Sale is this a diarrhea. His body's not built to withstand bloody diarrhea. I never realized <laughs> that America's America's hero, Nathan Avaldi, one of our true heroes. Do you think he'll be the time man of the year? I, I think he'll be lucky if his arm is attached to his body at well, this he, time next year. He won us a World Series. Everything else is gravy with Nathan Avaldi's arm. I am betting $550,000 to win five hundred. Okay. On the so Vikings you bet- betrayed plus five. your own team and you put- It's not a betrayal. Half a mil on Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Got it. It's not okay. a betrayal. Okay. I think it's a three-point game. No, some people think integrity matters. It's fine. I think it's a three-point game. Okay. I think somebody will win by three points. So that's my second one. Here's my last one. I'm excited for this. Where will you go with this? This is one of the weird lines of the year. This line is three points higher than I expected it. The Washington Redskins. Oh my God. In Philadelphia on a Monday night, getting six and a half points. There is no evidence, zero, none, zilch, that Philadelphia is better in any way than Washington. I would say they're probably dead even as two mediocre teams in a mediocre division. I checked out DVOA. I was like, oh, maybe DVOA will tell me something differently. Washington, 17th in DVOA. Philadelphia, 24th. They're 24th in DVOA. They cannot move the ball. They have bad running backs. Um, Have not been impressed with Carson Wentz. They're injured all over the place. They've had trouble blocking. They squeezed out a win last week against the terrible Giants, basically because the Giants just gave it to them. Uh-huh. They didn't barely did anything to win that game. I just don't think they're good. And now you got a Monday night with the potential of pissed off fans who can't believe that Colt McCoy has come into their house <laughs> and is ending their season. And I'm taking the points plus six and a half, 550,000 to win 500. 
I'm out on this one. You're out on this one. I'm Why? On this Tell one. me. Talk me out of it. I haven't called it in yet. One. I haven't moved money from my Caribbean accounts yet to make this happen. <laughs> I don't think you can look at DVOA or really anything with Washington right now because those are Alex Smith numbers and he's not their quarterback anymore. But this is the Joe House point. Is Colt McCoy better or worse than Alex Smith? Alex Smith was was like a solid C minus this year. I'm I'm I've always been famously out on Alex Smith, but come on. I mean he's a Is he any worse? Is Colt McCoy any worse I don't than know. Alex Smith? Yes. He might be like ten percent worse. One of my favorite alternate histories to think about is if Colt McCoy had not gotten hurt in the title game against Alabama, what could have been? But that's for another podcast. Here's the other thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Karma. The Karma. Redskins are not winning a game this week with everything happening with that franchise right now with the Reuben Foster situation. Oh, and that's the comments a great one. coming out. The the quotes coming out of that org, I'm really, really rarely surprised by anything that NFL teams say or do, no matter yeah. how disgraceful. But the comments coming out of that organization this week are shameful. I cannot believe it's This is real. great. You've talked me out of this completely. Okay. You're right. The angered the karma police are in. Radiohead, Tom York. He's playing he's playing acoustic guitar. They're this not is winning good. this game. They're not winning this game. Kai, rescind the bet. Call I'm doing some research. I'm sorry. Call the mafia and tell them I've I've taken this one off. Got it. So should I replace this yeah. with the Ravens in Atlanta? Oh, I thought you were going to go to Cody Kessler here because you don't like the Colts. <laughs> it's not that I don't like the Colts. I watched that Jags-Colts game because I had money on the Colts. Mm -hmm. And I watched it carefully. And those teams were pretty close. Here's the thing, though. Jack Doyle got hurt. And this sounds stupid. This is like, now we're in like Mays territory where I'm just... I'm, I'm making football you, points for like no. 20 people who you follow football. You have not started talking about the backup right guard yet. And so we are not okay. yet in this right, We haven't done backup right guard yet. Carry on. Um, their whole, one of the things I really liked about the Colts was they would do like this weird three tight end offense mm -hmm. with the one running back yeah. or, or the two or the double tight end. And it was just really, it was almost like uh, how the Pats used to use Gronkowski and uh, double murder Aaron Hernandez. Doyle and Ebron... I really like that combo. Now Doyle's out. He got hit in the kidneys. He's done. Yeah. So that part worries me. I also think the Colts have Houston next week. Right. So it's, ah, it would be Cody Kessler. And then next week's the game. And a lot of people on the Colts bandwagon. And the Jags are getting four and a half points at home. I'm not positive the Jags are that bad. I mean, that's like the kind of line where like Josh Rosen and the Cardinals would be getting four and a half points. And I am all in on Josh Rosen. <laughs> You love Josh? Yeah, Chosen Getting Rosen. 14 against the Packers this week? Uh, that's a that's a little steep. I don't know. The so Jags I'm are stay, such a debacle right now. I'm staying, I'm not betting on them, but it's I did think about it for a while. I think as long as the Colts stop trying to re-injure Andrew Luck's shoulder by making him go full extension diving for catches as a receiver, the Colts will be okay. It's my take on the Colts. So should I do the Ravens as the third pick? Let's do it. Can you beat Atlanta? Yeah, I think so. I believe in Lamar. I can't lose with this pick because if I win all the other picks, but you, but the Redskins cover and the Ravens don't cover, I can just blame you next week. But that on the would podcast. continue our proud now five or six year tradition of me giving you terrible gambling. Well, advice then why am I going to listen to you then? You're the one who asked me to come on the podcast. No, I wanted to bounce my <laughs> picks off you. You talked me out of a, a great karma pick. You served your purpose wonderfully there. I don't know. You're I, right. I would have been watching that game going, oh my God, I, I picked the Redskins. They just signed ever, Ruben Foster. I don't think I've ever given you good gambling advice, just for what that's worth. 
Would you be surprised if the Ravens won in Atlanta? I would not be surprised if the Ravens won. Would you be surprised if they lost? No, I would not be surprised if they lost. I would be less surprised if they lost, but I would not be surprised. What's your worst case scenario for this game? (sighs) Joe Flacco starting a quarterback. Uh, See, that's why I can't take them. (laughs) That's why I can't. Uh, Worst case scenario is like a three touchdown game from Calvin Ridley. Just something that they they cannot stop. That's the worst case scenario. I don't know. I again, I just think Justin Tucker in the dome. Lamar getting the momentum going. Gus Edwards, the train unstoppable. I like the game. They have a chance again with the Bengals completely falling out of it. They're in the sixth wild card right now. <sighs> what do you think, Kyle? That John Brown. I really like him. Do they can beat Atlanta. can they win in Atlanta in the dome? I think most people can win in Atlanta nowadays. All right. They cannot stop Julio. So that's where the Ridley thing comes into play. Can they stop Ridley? I'm not sure. I don't know. This is a tough one. Let's do it. It'll be fun. You can send me angry texts. No, this is the, I'm on a hot streak. I can't just, just I, I'm not just throwing picks around to have fun with them. I always think my teams are going to lose. So the fact that I'm slightly optimistic here, I think is a bad sign. Is a bad sign? Yeah. yeah. If I'm being honest with myself, I think I've lost my bearings a little bit here. I'm too emotionally too invested emotion, in, yeah. in Lamar and I can't quite see it clearly anymore. <laughs> well, then I'm definitely staying away. All right. But then you're going to now you're going to blame me no matter what. No, I'm not. Because I because I want to do the Redskins as 13, but you rightly talked me out of it. Yeah, don't do that. That was really weird. It was one of the weirder Awful. football stories in a while. It's horrible. The sad thing with football now is that when franchises act irresponsibly and terribly, everybody's just like, ah, yeah, that's football. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Is he healthy? Can he play this week? It's yeah. kind of where we are now. There's a, such a saturation of horrifying news all yeah. the time that we're, you we're don't necessarily know how to respond in any given case. But that's part of what's been so deeply distressing about this particular story is I think people are responding to it because it's so shockingly appalling, even in today's landscape. All right. I'm doing for the, I'm putting 550 to, I'm sorry, this will be, this will probably be minus 125. So I'm going to put um, 725 to win 500, Kyle. Moneyline tease, the Broncos in Cincinnati, like the Broncos with uh, Seattle home against San Francisco. All those teams have to do is win. I, I feel need, better about that than Baltimore. I need the Broncos to keep me out of last I'm, place I'm all in, in the, on the pool. I'm all in on the Broncos. I think the Broncos really have a chance to make the playoffs now. Sal and I talked about it on the podcast on Sunday. Everyone Could shit on chance. me when I took the Broncos and the Seahawks in the wins pool. And both of those picks are looking that. great, by the way. Yeah. The problem, of course, is that my first pick was the Packers. Oh, God. And that's less good. But that's you've, okay. You've sat Aaron Rodgers on your side. When's binge mode done? Oh, Bill. You know, is a, is the thing when's we love. Is the thing we love I'm ever. Plugging binge mode. Is the thing we love ever really done? If you think about it that way. But when are the, when's the last episode? Uh, Mid December. Okay. We're in our last few weeks. All right. Yeah. My three picks: a million dollars, Rams, Bears, Bears, one point two three million to win a million, and then three half bets: Broncos, Seahawks, moneyline tees, seven fifty to win five hundred, and then. Uh, 550,000 win 500 on the Browns plus six. And then what was the other one? Oh, and the Vikings plus five. There you go. 
There you go, America. Just gave you some more winners. Incredible. Thanks, Mallory Rubin. Thank you, William. Let's talk about FanDuel. The fantasy playoffs fast approaching at this point. You probably know whether your team is in the championship mix or not. Probably not. Odds are against you in fantasy. If if it's not, FanDuel wants you to know there's no shame in walking away from a losing team. Just play FanDuel. I did this. I've been doing it all year. I've had bad luck with FanDuel. Not last week. I was in, a, I, was in I think, a, a $50 Sunday NFL small blitz. Finished top 10, won 250 bucks. Mm. Phil Rivers, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. Antonio Brown didn't really help me that much. T.Y. Hilton, uh, Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Cameron Brate, Joe Mixon, and the Patriots D. What a winner. <laughs> How great is that? So, yeah, I'm on a hot streak on FanDuel. You can be on a hot streak with me. I've tried other DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. You have to believe me. Come on over to FanDuel. Get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply for full eligibility rules and terms and conditions. Go to FanDuel.com. And since we're here, let's talk about Microsoft Surface. If you need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your daily fantasy team, check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor. It's everything you love about the Surface Pro now even more powerful. Check it out, the new Surface Pro 6 from the Microsoft Surface family. All right, we are taping this midweek. The Roastmasters here, Jeff Ross. Hi, Bill. I remember once upon a time, we were writing for Jimmy in the uh, AMAs, and you were telling me, I gotta get away from these roasts. <laughs> this, I don't wanna be pigeonholed. And then you, you, the roasting blew up, and now you're doing like 90 things. I'm glad you didn't get away from the roast. It was a it was a slow, methodical movement. It was like a roast. It was like a pot roast. It was roasting. <laughs> <laughs> a roast, uh, you know, I, it's it just evolved. And, you know, I talked about this with you at the time. And I also talked about Chappelle saying, stay in your lane and not just that, make it yeah. a five-lane highway. That was one of the first really great podcasts that I ever did. See that? Because I don't think you had been on one. It was before. It was right before the era where every comedian had a podcast and you yeah. had to go on each other's podcast. But you came on mine. You did the whole stay your lane thing, and uh, and then you told the whole story about how cousin Sal betrayed you, and we just had like this. We had like a like an hour and a half life talk, and then you were like, "Is that are people going to listen?" I'm like, "Yeah, people like it." I want roast fans all over the world to know that Bill Simmons was the first person of note to call roasts a sport. So now yeah. we have roast battle. That and is true. You're the first one to really understand the strategic thought behind good roasting. So I want all the fans to know that. And I'm grateful for that because it helped me understand what I do better, you know, except unlike most sports, like I can kind of do it forever. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. You're like a golfer who doesn't even have to go to the senior <laughs> tour. Yeah, I wish there was a way to gamble on it. Maybe that's the next step oh, for the roast. Like, oh, fantasy roasting. Yeah, because, <laughs> or even just like people people are, are roasting and it's like, this guy's a two to one favorite. You can bet one or the other and I'm online and 
I guess the judges could get bribed. Maybe it's scoring. Maybe it's like you have 30 jokes and how many are going to hit? How many are funny? How many original? Well, I mean, the, the, the season you just had, Jesselnik was at a whole other level. <laughs> he is, he, I, he is my single favorite Twitter follow. Out of anyone on Twitter. He's ruthless and I just I, has no fear. He has no fear. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if he crossed the line. He's like the last person in America who's just like, fuck it. And you just gotta goes. get him in here because he just did a show at a jail. I don't know what I'm and at I'm, a jail? I'm, I'm dying to hear the whole story. That's kinda like your corner though. No, he just did a one off just for fun. He's sitting there as one of the judges and he has this crazy maniacal smile on his face. He's so happy. It's like <laughs> He's like in his environment. He just loves it. It's all built around his skill set. It was judging great. people and roasting <laughs> and and just evil, evil. You know, and of course he's a nice guy at heart. Yeah. What was the highlight of the roast season other than the uh Blake Griffin? You know, well Blake Griffin was shockingly good. I learned so much by roast battling Blake because I didn't realize how much I would love the battle. Yeah. I usually judge, produce everything else, book it host it with Brian Moses, but suddenly I was in the, in the ring. Yeah. You're in the ring. And I really liked it. It made me not want to judge as much as I really want to battle. I really liked the competition, the thrill of it. It reminded me of karate tournaments when I was a kid where one misstep, you are fuck, you're done. Right. And, and I, and then when you, when you land it, you know, it's like a knockout. Did Blake write his own jokes? He worked very hard on it. He wrote a lot of his own stuff. I was worried that you wrote all his jokes for him and then no. you knew what the jokes were. Absolutely not. I thought that it crossed my mind with certain people like to do a stunt roast. But with Blake, he's a competitive person. And the second that we agreed to roast each other, he immediately, like within minutes, was writing stuff down, trying stuff out, like he, a comic. He didn't have Neil Brennan writing his jokes No. For Are we sure? It definitely wasn't Neil Brennan. But, you know, it's a TV show. I definitely pushed him towards funny people to run his stuff by. But honestly, he really worked on it. I liked he had good timing, too. I was impressed. That really could have been terrible in the wrong hands. There's a lot of basketball players that if they had decided, oh, I can do this, it could have been just awful and might have been unrunnable. I think you're right. And I think it works for Blake Griffin is because he's not saying I'm in a he doesn't smack talk in a bullying way. Like he has, he's a thoughtful guy. Like right. he'll, he'll write you the next day and say how much fun he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's follow through. He's a class act. And I got to know him by roasting him. You start researching somebody, you kind of get to know him. Then you talk to him, you see how they take a joke and you really get to somebody's soul. Yeah. Right. To me, to me, that's how you really, I don't know, a champion. Hi, Dave. Hi guys. So David Tell is here. He's yeah, I'm sorry. I was uh, just punching up a script for uh, Scandal. <laughs> sorry, I was just doing a one-off on uh, How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> this is where they do the TV shows. You have to realize people. Dave just landed from New York. He's, yeah. he's only been in Hollywood a few hours. And I just learned to drive coming out of the airport. We told we told Tommy you could have had a cigarette right outside the no, office. I did, by the fountain, us. like oh. a rehab. There's right. like a rehab out there. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> the reflection pool. <laughs> The second choice uh, area. We were just talking about the roast this last season of, oh. of uh, the roast. Oh, there the we go. Battle. Way to promote uh, bumping mics. <laughs> no, we're getting into it. Um, I understand the build. I'm, did you I'll back down? Go ahead. 
You've 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 dipped into the roast with Jeff, right? Not really. I think I did like one of them. You did one of them. See, here's the thing about the roast. He's a genius at it. It's his thing, his brand. He totally revitalized the roast. He energized the roast. And um, I, I'll say this: it's a lot of work to come up with roast jokes. Yeah. So I always feel like every time you're writing a roast joke, you could be writing one for you know your act. So when it's specific to uh, oh, so you'd rather keep the material? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but. Uh, when it's the roast jokes, you know, the comics, they really go all in on it, you know, like for weeks, maybe even months, they'll be like sitting around there. I need a, you know, I need a line on, uh, you know, uh, Paula Abdul. What, what, what's, what's going on? You know, Martha Stewart, what does her hair look like? You know, so it's tough. So how long have you guys known each other? Oh, decades now, I guess. Beginning right? of our careers. Dave was already- What is that though? Dave was already hosting the- the best open mics when I was starting to be the open micer. Dave was already the host. Early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. But I started in the late 80s. So I've been doing it. I'm older and I've been doing it longer than Jeff. Were so. you on one of the Dangerfield Young Comedian shows? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> that <laughs> is, that's the, that would young. be the, that's a really good benchmark of like comedy because I think that's like, a generational shift right. from Dom Irera and Bill Hicks and uh, Sam Kinison. Bill Maher. Bill Maher was on Bill there. Mar Bill Maher, of course. And uh, uh, yeah, those, those Rod, guys. Apatow was on there. I wish They're Rodney, all legends, those guys. I wish Rodney was still alive. Hey, I'll tell you, this next guy has over 100 million hits on Instagram. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check out this guy's Vine. Hey, i tell you, this guy, he's a killer on Vine. My wife showed me the Vines. I love the Vines. <laughs> Please welcome. <laughs> a lot of followers. That's Good luck. <laughs> that's so great See, your generation was the half hour comedy central show was that, like the yeah. the half hour comedy central show is the thing you wanted yeah that was like uh, that was the thing where you know once you got that going then you get an hour for sure you know it was like almost a given that you would do an hour like a year or two later and then you can you know like you, you would sell seats everywhere but there and, were nowhere to do hours there weren't many places you could do an hour you had to get HBO or Showtime or you were out of luck when I was growing up in the 80s, it was either somebody who's on Letterman or the Dangerfield special. Maybe Carson? Carson really would have like what the older comedians at that What was the late night show that point. was up against Letterman in the early 90s? Evening at the Improv was right. a big show. Too. Yeah, that one was... That was, that was Caroline's show. Comedy Hour. It was Caroline's, really hard to find I people for Caroline's like. Comedy Hour. I love when Bill plays his stand-up comedy fantasy life with comics. Like... I'm always fascinated by it. I always feel like in your head, you're like, what would I have worn if I was on Evening at the Improv? A blazer. A cheap leather jacket. <laughs> Baseball cap. I wore a denim backwards. jacket. When I did Evening at the Improv, I wore a denim jacket and Bud wants me, hey, thanks for dressing up. And I was like, wow, I'm really a comic. So who's in your class? That's like, a, who's your group? Like in sports, me. you have like the NBA draft that has the I might Carmelo be ahead of him a little bit, I think. Yeah. Who were you? Who did, who did you... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, a, lot of, I, a lot of the guys I did stand-up with and uh, who really started when I started, almost all of them fell off. Yeah? Almost all of them. Really? And then I had to catch up to, like, Dave's Dave's league. Yeah, no, I, th I think Dave I'm ahead of Dave had a couple years on me. And, yeah, Sarah Silverman, uh, Todd Barry, uh, um, the whole Boston Comedy Club scene, Greer. Yeah, I'm ahead of those guys. I'm Keith. A, I'm, the, the, I'm with, like, Kevin Brennan and um, uh, who else? Uh so many, so many other ones that, uh, you know, like even I'd say even the younger ones, like, or like Zach and all those guys, they were way before, uh, after me, uh -huh. you know, Zach and, uh, who's another good one. I, I don't know. There's so many, you know, 
Is it is it harder or easier to stand up in 2018? That's a good question. When people can just hard. cell phone video any it's of hard. your stuff. That's a good question, Bill. I think it's really hard. I think the whole process is hard from from the airport to the hotel to the promotion to the to the to the show and then uh to the to the web where it's really everything on the web now is like has its own life the virtual the virtual life of a of a show is way bigger than the actual we're talking about a live performance of it you know but you yeah. grew up in the 80s so you know that like you go see a show and if it was good that was awesome if it wasn't you're like okay i'll go see another show now you know people ruminate over you know a show or a line or you know we we work the crowd you know like yeah. that's our thing and like to this day, people will come up to me. Hey, remember me? You called me a pizza boy. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, you, you remember I was with my wife. You didn't, you didn't like her shirt. You know, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know what. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I always remember them. Yeah, I'm like, see, yeah, I did. You called because you look like a pizza boy with that outfit. Yeah, on. yeah I so, always remember. Well, I was checking Twitter last night, and you were tweeting that Bumpy Mike's was on. Yeah, yeah. Or that was finally up. So I was yeah. like, oh shit, I'm on Pacific time. It might be up. And I went on Netflix, and it was leading all of netflix oh really was it yeah which i was like wow that's what? a lot of people wait a minute hold uh, yeah it really on, was on the front page of netflix on the front page of netflix wow bump like, it that's... up so it really is interesting because a lot of uh, some of like, our this friends is good for jeff some of yeah. thanks some of our friends what? people that... have netflix yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a big show wait so so that means because we didn't think it was on gonna be on the front page it was we, we have some billboards going off. I think you bumped <laughs> off a horror movie where something was wrong with the house. We did? Yeah. Damn. This one is, one this, somebody, somebody told us that this is the edgiest they've, thing they've ever seen comedy-wise. Wow. As far as like going well, So how much it. is, I watched the first one, how much is ad-libbed? Oh, that's a good question. I would say like 30% of it is definitely like stuff that riffing with the crowd. Then there's some material because we felt we had to give material. But yeah. then- the, the wild card is all those people that you see coming up there, like that wasn't rehearsed. Like on the first episode, it was Amy, Amy Schumer, Nikki Glaser, uh, Rachel Feinstein, and um, uh, your aunt. My aunt, my yeah, aunt Donna, that, Bruce Willis. It wasn't yeah, Bruce Willis. Uh, uh, it was a great Towers. week. It's called Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are the episodes. Yeah. Basically, we took over the Village Underground mm -hmm. in Greenwich Village in New York in, for a weekend in June this this year. And it was the end of a tour. We had just done like 20 tour dates of big theaters. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it. And like to finish it up, we would just go home and invite everyone from my Aunt Donna to Michael Che on stage and just have a party basically on stage. Dave had a cake every night. We did dancing. We went out for falafels. Yeah, like, and we time. shot it. And I don't know if you, you know, Andrew Jarecki, who directed The yeah. Jinx. So he directed us. And it, it's it's stand-up. It's three-night series of stand-up specials, but there's this other sort of documentary about stand-up and our friendship that goes sort of through it. But the but all those people, like I said, besides all that stuff, all those people, we have no idea what they're going to say or how they're going to react. So right. they did us a total solid to come on stage, and then all the riffing with them is definitely all unscripted. A lot of our stuff changes from night to night to night, so there's definitely... The the uh, spontaneity uh, factor of this one is really high, you know. Well, it seems yeah. like that would be part of the thrill, right? Is yeah. that you're like walking a tightrope, basically, because you don't know where it's going to go. And I'm going to say know, how right many now, years does it take yet, to get to that level where you could be like, "I'm going out there. I don't even know what I'm going to say, but we'll figure it out." All I'm going to say is, "We're on your we're on your back, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short." 
<laughs> they like the big. They yeah. had a, a great like hour special where they both come out as a team, like two legends. So I looked at that like I was like Jeff, you got to look at this. You know, see what they're doing. And like it. they do sketches, they do riffing, they also do like you know like big banjo interludes, dance numbers. So I was like, we have none of those skills. So we'll just have to keep <laughs> making fun of each other's looks. Well, it's funny, like with uh, <laughs> award shows that started to happen. Oh, really? We've seen it. Like Amy and Tina were doing it. Um, oh, yeah. The Golden oh, right. Globes. And then Mulaney oh. and Nick Kroll were hosting the Independent Spirit. Well, that's, and- that did not start on... That started as a Broadway. No, I know. But just... That's but that's how off- I've seen like the whole team I concept... See. Right. Seems like it came back this decade because I think when if I was two growing, headliners like, the get together, brothers were there. Right. I always think if two headliners get together, it's one plus one is three. It's triple. But you have to have the relationship though, right? Well, I'm saying they it have can't to just want be it. like two random people. No, you can't yeah. get cast together. You have to, it has to be organic. Because there's so many ways you can undermine each other if you oh, wanted absolutely. to, that you need the friendship, it seems like. Psych outs. That's, you're exactly right. I think that um, the fun I have in it is trying to like, you know, like uh, keep it together, move it forward and like come up with, the, uh, you know, stuff on the spot, like, uh, you know, tags and like, you know, uh, whatever he's 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 introducing, try and like throw my two cents in on it. And that stuff is like really uh, I'd say it hit hits 50 percent of the time. You never know. Right. You just never know. So plus Dave a- wears the same thing every single show. So there's not a lot for me to riff on. That's right. He looks like the guy who puts the animals to sleep. <laughs> what did you say in the first episode? You had a good one. I don't know. I can't remember, but it was... He buys his clothes at AutoZone. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I like that. It's kind of the gift. That, for every year for Christmas, I give Dave that exact outfit just so I can keep making different jokes about it. <laughs> but yet I wear something different every night, so it's yeah. an endless yeah, array me, of it's easy. material. It's a cakewalk. So the audience is there. They know... There's a potential you guys are going to make fun of them. I don't know. Every audience now, like it was a really hot weekend and it was really like any TV taping, of course, there's months, tons of equipment. But at the end he of the means day, lights, like physically we were like yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. But it really was a, it was a, um, it was a difficult shoot, but still like, uh, you know, the audience really met us more than halfway and, you know, that's all you can ask for on these things. And, uh, you know, we did, we did tape two shows a night and we took the best of, of, uh, of, of all that stuff and put it together into like uh with some interstitial stuff. So when, when you look at the show, you have to kind of go like, you know, this is like old school comedy, you know, this is like, you know, take no prisoners kind of like shoot from the hip kind of stuff. And a lot of it, you know, you could say like, there's some smart stuff. There's some silly stuff. There's some cheesy stuff. There's some corny stuff, but at the end of the day, it's flowing so quickly. It's not like long form. I guess you could say almost like storytelling stuff, yeah. which you, you see now, which is really unheard of back in the 80s. Like that kind of form would have been a theater piece. It would not have been called comedy stand-up special. It would have been something totally like Spalding Gray. You know, right. that was like the beginning of one-man shows, you know? Yeah, Bill Cosby had a couple ones. Of uh, two or Yeah, up. just remember you were just sitting on the stool? Yeah. Telling like stories. Yeah, story, Dave, story Dave sits on the stool for a lot of the show. And I then know. we just have friends that we don't even know. There's a, a Israel Del Toro shout out. Yes. Is he? <laughs> he's that's a good... definitely listening to this right now. He's a severely wounded soldier, but that's not even 
something you think about when you talk to him. And he came on stage. He's like challenged us to roast him. So he's up I there. I saw that part. So he's up there for two minutes. And then two minutes later, your Ken Jong is like pretending to get me out of a yoga position as a doctor. And then, you know, so there's it never gets a chance to be any one thing is what I'm saying. Do you feel like the audience is as willing to laugh at itself when you make jokes of them as they were 20 years ago? Oh, absolutely. Because everyone's not. so sensitive now. <laughs> I'd say absolutely not. Everybody, everybody is not only sensitive, but it's also uh there's the sense of humor factor i think is so low now you know i just think there's so much serious stuff going on we've been told who's allowed to say what who's not allowed to say what and it, it, it's it's not fun you know it's just definitely not as fun as it used to be i rethink everything he's more fearless than me he runs at this stuff i i'm always like oh, okay let me see another way to say it and all that kind of thing but at the end of the day like the audience did come on our side right on, on all of it, you know, I, I think they really did. And when you bring up Israel, who is not only a great man, a war hero, but a super big comedy fan. And, you know, when you, when you first look at him, you know, you're immediately like, what, what, uh, this, this poor man, why, why are they talking to him like that? But at the end of the day, he gives back as good as he gets. And that's the fun of it. And that was Jeff's thing. I mean, I was like, bring up these people, let people, you know, see them and hear them. And I think that's, that's really cool. You know, it really is. Do you yeah. miss Jeff's hair? No, I like this new Jeff look too. It looks more like he's um, like a, a life coach. Can I say it? Maybe it's the couch. Life coach. The couch is definitely reads life coach. <laughs> it's my Get rainbow comfortable. Life it's my coach. rainbow gee home. When was the last time you had your hair? Three summers ago. That was it? Well, I'm bald too, you know, and I don't wear the hat for the baldness. I wear it, you know, just to hide. But uh, to you hide. have a nice head of hair. What's your makeup that you have that kind of great it's hair? It's half Italian. Oh yeah, stress-free life. Look at him. Stress-free. He's still wearing his shirt from eleventh grade. He has no worries. You know what you're doing over there. He dresses like he's coming right out of detention. Let's take a break to talk about ninety-nine designs. What a Carmelo Anthony, Matthew Dellavedova, DraftKings, Tim Ferriss, The Ringer, nearly half a million entrepreneurs and businesses have in common businesses. I can't speak. They all use ninety-nine designs to get custom design created for their brands, websites. And books, it's a global creative platform that makes it easy for adult designers and clients to work together. From logos and apps to product packaging and books, it's your go-to design resource for any budget. We use these guys and ladies to design some custom merch for The Ringer. The quality was amazing. You can check it all out at 99designs.com forward slash bill. Right now you can receive a free $99 upgrade on your first design contest. 99designs.com forward slash bill. It's where creativity meets possibility. Check out the Pearl Jam shirt we did. It says, but first Pearl Jam with a foam finger. It's cool. What did you think of the Chappelle specials? Great. I know he's your he's your boy. I thought they were great. He I was, love them he all. He was crossing lines. He just didn't give a shit. It was, he doesn't it was give, weirdly he, refreshing. And oddly, he does give a shit, you know? He cares about everything he says, and he's a very thoughtful guy. So it's fun to see him take big swings and daring ideas. You've spent a lot of you gotta, time with you gotta, him. Yeah, yeah. Recently too, right? All Didn't the time. Were you traveling with him? All the time. What was the last tour you did? Uh, no, the last big show I did with Dave was probably uh, last New Year's. I did Radio City with him last year. Um, but I, yeah, most of my adventures with Dave are at one thirty in the morning at a comedy club, or we just go out to eat, or... Sometimes he comes over. He doesn't over. sleep, right? Oh, he, he he never sleeps or eats. You know, he's sort of like a superhero in that way. You never really see that. Because Baby Doll was was traveling with him 
when he was with John Stewart and they did that thing. Right. He's like, he doesn't sleep. He's like five thirty in the morning. He's ordering. And he's always things. looks good and he's never like cranky. He's amazing. Dave Chappelle's amazing. And uh, for Chris Rock, when he was doing the warm up for his special, oh yeah, Jeff was Jeff was all over the world with him. Yeah, I went. I toured Scandinavia, Europe, Israel. With How Chris many countries Rock, have you been to now? That's the thing about comedy it now. Must be like dozens. The thing about comedy now, with Comedy Central going international and Netflix being worldwide, and is, YouTube, and YouTube, and podcasts, people really understand like. I was in, I'll be in Oslo, I'll be in Tel Aviv, I'll be in uh, Copenhagen, and they understand every word I say. But then a, Cop a Dutch comedian goes on, and I, I, can't, I can't understand one thing they're saying. Not that I don't get it, I don't even know what they're saying. The accents are so different, but because comedy is such a big export out of America into the rest of the world, I feel like every, all these people in Scandinavia learned how to speak learned English from watching Friends and listening to Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock specials. Do you do you do as much traveling, Dave, or no? I'm domestic. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I used to do that. Dave's, and I would like Dave, to go on a world tour. Dave's work release visa doesn't allow him out of <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I Poor baby flew in all day today. I feel bad. I dragged him all over. That's all right. <laughs> the, uh, no, I was going to say that, uh, you know, if, you, if you're wondering, like, what's the next thing for comedy, it is international. Like, Netflix is definitely a big part of that. But in New York, you run into comics from India. And it's funny he said Scandinavia because there's a Norwegian guy who's super funny. I love what, listening to him. And it seems like now, like, the rest of the world got comedy and we kind of gave it up. So now it's time for us, like, jazz. Like, it's time for, a, you know, the American people to, like, kind of, like, step up again and come out and see their own comics, you know. But... It's big overseas, that's for sure, you know. And um, plus, as I think, like the news gets, people are judging whether the the news is too objective or compromised. It's too tainted by big business, like comedy. For somehow manages to stay reasonably pure, and you know, no one tells us. Here's one thing: we have some Anne Frank jokes in the special that I yeah, say. You do. <laughs> yeah, I was, was, was going to say, you have the jokes that, that day. <laughs> I don't remember a time where they would be like, yeah, those are cool. Matter of fact, <clears throat> you could even put them towards the front, like episode one. Yeah. You know? the, oh, Netflix, you mean? Yeah. So and, there's a lot who's, of- Who's I the feel guy like, at Netflix who said that? Robert. Otto Van- Otto Van- Otto Van- <laughs> Otto Van Schittler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's something to be said about- you know, comedy not getting watered down is everything else in life is getting watered down. Like I feel like stand up is as potent as ever, and it is medicine. You wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want it watered down. This is the. He's very optimistic about comedy. I'm very <clears throat> negative about. Dave's it. Dave's always yeah, afraid comedy's going to go out of style. You're, you're and negative. Gonna be I don't think it's going to go out of style. I think it's just like I'm not going to be. I'm not relevant to today's comedy. But the cool thing about uh, his optimistic view of comedy is that like. You know, I think a lot of people would like it to be that way, would like it to be, you know, like this this pure form of, of uh, you know, uh, just like a, a way a way for people to like, you know, let go and let and whatever. But I, I don't see much of that now anymore. I see that like for our fans, the ones who know what we do and kind of get what we do and what we what we're trying to do, this is really for them, you know? And if the other people find this and, and agree with that, then I'm totally for it. But I totally understand when people get upset and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like towards the end of it instead of towards the beginning of comedy. I mean, Bullshit. so no, but that's what, that's how I look at it. Bullshit. Well, yeah. listen, I just bought but an it's Olive not Garden. True. I'm, 
I'm, I'll Dave be managing just, an Olive Garden in two years. Dave talks <laughs> like he's death of a salesman, but he just. But he, he's he, always done this. He's though, crushing right? it. He has a new, brand new show on Netflix. He just bought a giant, brand new apartment. He giant, did. brand new apartment. I yeah. sure did. He'll yeah. be mad at me now. How is this the first storage time? unit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wait, hold on a second. Wait, I want to ask about politics. Oh, uh, no, I don't. No, I don't no, really not. Do. He has the politics. He's a big The last 30 guy. years, yeah. this is really the first time politics became. Like people would just get up and be like, "Oh fuck you, I'm out of here," and they'll leave, right? I don't know about that, but I will say one thing. I think, I think my great great grandfather, Roast Master General during the Civil War, he had some similar issues <laughs> back in the 1860s. Yeah. A lot of I times, would, he would go into his slave material, and the uh, Confederates like, would just get up done. and walk out. And the, um, <laughs> you know what I was going to say is that when I first started doing comedy, there was three political comics, three yeah. of them. And nobody, if anything, the Mark audience Twain. would be looking Mark at Twain. their watches. <laughs> right. Mark, Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir John Licklock. <laughs> and, uh, no, there was three, three people who did it. And then now everybody does it. Now everyone's a political, you know, satirist or whatever it is. And it's funny how, you know, the audience is definitely, there's an oversaturation of that. But just from going from like, where that was always almost like a novelty, a niche, to now it's like everybody has to has to weigh in on it is is pretty amazing, you know. It's surprising. I was watching a. There's this movie about Gary Hart called The Front Runner. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that one. Jason and, uh, there's this scene when after the scandal breaks, Gary Hart's watching The Tonight Show and Carson comes on and does a couple jokes about him. Huh. And it carries so much. That's when he realizes the significance of what had happened. Oh. And I was trying to think like. There's no centralist like that anymore with comedy. Cause even like the stuff you guys are doing, your fans are going to come to it and you right. might be able to pull in some other people. But for the most part, you have your turf over here. Other people have their turf. Right. Col Colbert is his turf. Right. There's no Walter but, Cronkite and there's no Johnny Carson. No, but there no, is the Twitter, way Carson Twitter just is hit, the new thing. You know? I guess Twitter and if stuff gets retweeted, I yeah, guess so that that's, would be that's it. what that is. And, and uh, you're absolutely right. Like Johnny Carson would be like the final voice of the night to weigh in on it. The it fact that he war. weighed in was a big deal. It's like, oh shit, Johnny Carson's making yeah, jokes and about this. He also, he also had his like uh, line in the sand. Like he wouldn't talk about the Vietnam war one way or the other. And right. I remember he also had like a political thing where he said also people want to, want to go to bed. They want to, whatever they want to be entertained. They want to go to bed. So he'd only take it so far. He wouldn't get like deep into his own politics. Right. So like, you never really knew his politics. Letterman did a nice job, at least in the first 15 years or so of. Sure. Absolutely. Keeping it kind of obscured. I've been surprised with our friend Kimmel, like the last two, three years, like he really waited in. I did, did not see it coming. It's a mission for him. You yeah. Know? I think it's he's very good at it. I think there's some guys who are very good at it. Some people who are just pretty much preaching to the choir, but Jimmy's really good at it. There's a couple of people out there now who um, definitely, it is is almost like a, a calling where they, they have are stepping up. You got to give people stuff. credit too, who turn it, who turn. Some people are always that way, but people who go that way, that's really a statement. And did you ever go on Dave's porn show? I never did. On what? How many years? How many years did you have the show? Two years, two seasons, Dave's as they porn. call it in television. It, it was one of the most incredible flipping channel experiences probably ever in the history of cable, where it'd be like, all of a sudden you're there, you're breaking down a porn. And then the actress, 40 years later, yeah, I love that. From the movie, is suddenly yeah. sitting next to you, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? That's hot. That's my best work so far. And yeah, that honestly, should have been like 12 seasons. How no. did you find the actresses? That show also could have been called Bumping Mics, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike's with a K. <laughs> the uh, the uh, that was my favorite thing I, I've ever did because it was like so cool where we got to like get the footage and then find the stars and it was like great research all the way around. But how'd you find the stars? Like, how do you go about finding a porn star? How do how do you do it? Yeah, uh, Craigslist. No, how do how do you do it? You you basically you <laughs> like know, these are people that are just people. gone. They're out of. Yeah, no, no, but I'm telling you, they go to, they go to, they go to, what is it called? Like Comic Cons of porn, the AVNs and all that stuff. So like they have reps and all that and stuff and websites. So it's a lot easier now. It would be very difficult. It was the seventies, you know, we'd have to like call around it all or something like that, but they were great. And every one of them was so interesting. And the footage is so funny because it's more dramatic than it is sexy. And uh, it's so different than today's world of uh, erotica as they call it. And I love doing it. And I also like bringing in the, comics and it was great to get in like a very uh a very uh cool amy schumer was one of my favorites and uh uh what uh chelsea handler and margaret Cho and just like all these great ladies and also artie lang and you know uh bill burr and all these people that would come in and like riff on the on the things and it's something that you would do anyhow at home when you see like a cheesy porn but it, it had like a relevance to me because it was like that's a different time the 70s is a different yeah. time now it's kind of been we've all been retroed out where it's like oh yeah they had cordless cord phones and all that kind of there's plenty of shows like it but thanks for knowing that because that really is like the show like that always is the show like when i go through airport security the guy goes i love that dave's old porn so <laughs> I, I like that one yeah <laughs> who is the most amazing uh guest out of all the old porn stars uh seika she's really? my favorite i find her fascinating now should we also, give her a ringer podcast was that should we give her a ringer podcast for like on our, on our yeah, podcast do. yeah because she is so interesting and she also is like straight up like just knows what she wants and knows how to do it and has done a million different things different jobs but like when i still watch her stuff today and i didn't watch it today but i've watched it a like, few days ago on the airplane it holds up is that why you were late <laughs> it's that's why she's so beautiful and like to me that's like what like the 70s like she's a she's just a knockout but the people listening who don't know who that Seka, is s-e-k-a she was the yeah she was basically Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the NBA and Seika in porn. Yes. She was, she was the star. She ask was the your, A-lister. Ask your dad what, who I'm talking about and he'll know. Cause like, she definitely is, is so cool. And there's a million other ones. Did you ever feel like at, like potentially asking her out after? No, she's married actually. Oh. And, uh, you yeah, know, but still. Uh, what I was going to say is that it, the thing about the doing a tribute to older people and Jeff will know this too. It's like, you got to get them while they're alive. You yeah. Know? Like we call up and I go, who's that in the film? And then we do the research. It's like, Oh, maybe we can get her. And it's like, you just lost her, you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> they put her in the ground. Like, Damn it. You know? And like a lot of them would come down, like from Debbie does Dallas. She died Robert. a pussy failure. <laughs> but you know, these are real people and they've had real lives. And Georgina Spelvin, who's like a legendary porn uh, actress, she was in behind the green door and all, all that different stuff. The devil and Miss Jones, the devil and Miss Jones. I'm sorry. I don't think she was behind, but she like was like, she was a MILF before MILF was a, was a term. Like she was right. older than the rest of them and she had millions of different jobs. I could go on and on about, but thank it's you for fun knowing watching that. you go off. I, porn expert this is the most excited you've seen him in a while he doesn't he doesn't do any of that stuff he's not a porn guy well i i was fascinated he's a, he's a food guy that's i remember food. watching one and it was it was a guy and i can't remember who the actor was but he was like an old guy now and he was watching himself 40 years earlier yes and he Robert was Kerman. 
I don't remember who it was. He and was he was WJ's so house. like kind of it's kind of proud. I was like watching old home movies. Yeah, they but, get they get aroused again. It's kind of like a deja <laughs> like, splooge, as I called it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the show needs to come back. I think. Yeah, I, I think well, there's I so many channels overseas. now. I'm waiting for that check, but I was trying to get it in German all of Netflix? these countries. What? Like a German, maybe German Netflix. Netflix yeah, no, Netflix doesn't. Oh yeah, do, Netflix doesn't do this. No penetration. Yeah, no. Yeah. Not until it's irrelevant for today's times, something like that. They're always on the cusp of that. Producer Jim is trying to pretend he didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Jim, it's one of my I favorite think you got to recut, it, recut yeah. it as a yeah. documentary. No. <laughs> I'm all for moving on to the next project. But I, I did enjoy doing it. I almost went broke doing it. I threw a lot of my own money at it, over a couple hundred grand. Really? Because I didn't give us enough money. At You're the first person ever to lose money on porn. I'm, I'm also... <laughs> Very good, Jeff. I'm also You're like, the worst producer ever. I am the worst producer. I'm like the heaven's gate of porn. <laughs> I can't so believe it. So what's next? What happens is bumping mics just keeps Tell going? Tell me about your other project, too. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the historical roast. Yeah, there's there a go. historical roast that I'm editing now. And uh, I promise- You're not allowed to say who it is. I, but I will say that- Is it Custer? Seeker? I will say that there's a lot of pictures on your wall that find I find reminiscent of what oh. we were roasting. But so yeah, how, did, how did you go about this? How much are you allowed to tell us? It's historical roasts um, where we roast um, dream roasts for me. We roast people that I've always wanted to meet or roast. And other comedians, my pals, play the roles. And I got to work with a lot of the my favorite writers and... It's so much fun. That'll come out in a few months. So the person has to be dead. Yes. It can't be like Kobe Bryant. No. Now, you know okay. me. I'm a marketing expert. This is it. You take uh, dead people, yeah. you bring them alive, and then you roast them to where they wish they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> they wish they could die a second time. You see Custer sticking an arrow in his own heart. Get me out of here. <laughs> Lincoln's like... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so good. how many people are roasting the person who's dead and not the there? The dais is usually three. And then- and Don't then, give it away. And then to be a couple interruptions, some other sort of side guests in the audience. And what I, I love about this is that now we're almost at the end of all variations of roasting. Yeah. We did the roast battles. Awesome. Right. We did celebrity roast. It's a, it's a icon. And now we have the historical roast. The next one, ready? Yeah. Animals roasting each other. <laughs> Animals. You call yourself a chipmunk? What are you, a prairie dog? <laughs> That's all I can think of. The planet. Hey, Pluto, you're not even a planet. What are you doing, Neptune? <laughs> I can't think Space of another roast. variation. Space By the way, roast. Do dog roast would be the most successful of all these that franchises. Be, yeah, right after Netflix the Netflix uh, literally has a show bowl. called Dogs right now that's documentaries about dogs. <laughs> And people, it's called dogs. My wife watched three dogs this weekend. <laughs> it's just dogs. It's like, hey, here's a, a yeah, dog who changed his family's life. My wife's like, what's this? Watch three. So you put dogs roasting each other? I don't know. That, could be, that could be big. I could see dogs that. roasting cats. Everyone's teaming up on the Chihuahua. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think? It's been 15 years. What was the best roast? What was the best start oh, to finish one? That's a good one? question. Um, well. Hugh Hefner. For me, it was the most fun I ever had was at Flavor Flames Roast because he liked it so much. It yeah. was like his birthday. He was just a little delighted man jumping up and down with a crown on. So on sheer Snoop Dogg, Kimmel, me, like it was just a, a really fun time. And it was a, a year where the world really needed it. And 
Like we did, we we went for it. It was provocative, but it was good-hearted. Well, you know what my favorite roast ever was. It wasn't one of the ones you produced. Which one? It was the it was the shack roast. Of course. You're an expert on that one. That was the best one. Dave, That's when I fell in one? love with you. These are like the Fight Club roasts that I don't even know about. Shaq. Shaq decided to pay for his own roast. No, Shaq's that's not exactly. Cut. It's not exactly what it was. Like what was it? Corporate. Um, he, they roasted Emmett Smith. Wasn't he the first one? Yeah, that might have been the second one. I did the Emmett Smith roast. And yeah. he followed he followed Moose Johnson, the Dallas Cowboy, who didn't a, know what a roast was and went up and just and punched gave like a face. speech. <laughs> no, he gave a like a nice speech about Emmett Smith. And then Jeff came no, up not, after not just like, a nice speech, a twenty minute was, reading every word. It was like a best man's wedding speech. Aww, so I then Jeff follows him and he goes up and he goes, Sorry, I don't have anything. Moose Johnson stole all my shit. <laughs> and they cut to him and he's just mad immediately. Everyone was mad. And then and then Jamie Foxx clowned him pretty hard. And then Moose Johnson like pushed his chair at Jamie. It was very it sucks when it was people very don't, aggressive. When when they're kind of tricked into it. Like when they don't get it, you know, that I feel bad for them too. Like when they don't get it. They don't it's understand. So much known, like, sit down, watch this. Here's here's like the roast thing. It's all in good fun. And like, if you want to be a part of it, that's cool. But instead of going like, you know what a roast is, everyone's going to go, oh yeah, absolutely. When they really don't, you know. Did, were you involved in the ESPN roast that they ended up just destroying all the tapes? I saw Greeny not too long ago. And he you had, were involved in that, yeah, right? Yeah, I was a host Everybody got it. drunk. It was it wasn't, one of the it worst wasn't everybody. It was one person who uh, worked for the network. And I remember like, she got in some kind of, you know, suspension or something, some reprimand. So just to save face, they just, didn't air it but i remember it being a wonderful night in atlantic city sold out for those two guys it was a huge night in their lives like everybody came out their friends and family so you know i think that was a long time ago what i have noticed and you'll appreciate this and part of it is you know people like you talking about it in the sports world but Everywhere you don't really get bad sports anymore. Everyone's down. If you come in, they know it you now. can't say, I don't know what I was getting into right. anymore. So right. it's been kind of fun and then it gives me a license to kill because if, between YouTube and Comedy Central, all that know, stuff. I actually love the process of this last Comedy Central Bruce Willis roast. Yeah. Because Bruce kept calling me and saying, make fun of this, make fun of that. Don't hold back. I don't want to seem like I held back. I'm bringing, I'm bringing my a game. I, I want to tell everyone to bring their a game. He wanted to shoot promos himself. Like, I don't know, big movie star. Like when it's like Shaq, Shaq, when I, when I, when I first did that Emmett Smith roast at rehearsal, I don't know if I ever told you this. Um, I was nervous um, because I was like kind of the, sort of unknown roasts weren't that popular you're the only white person i was there. the only white person in a room of two thousand people <laughs> and at, 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 at beforehand i said to shack i said i have some pretty like hard-hitting material do you think emmett will be okay are you going to be okay shack and he said he shook my hand he said no one never told me to hold back on a basketball court i'm never going to ask you to hold back <laughs> At a roast. Well, the thing is, he that, already knew my rep, and uh, he was really giving the me athletes. That's what they do. They're they just not make every fun athlete of each other. is like that. He's like that. Yeah, he's yeah. the king I, of that. I think a lot of them now, and you could tell tell us better than this. Like they know what they're they they're so worried about branding and and promotions, right. and they have all these deals that they're not allowed to say things. They're not allowed to like laugh at certain things. They don't want to be seen in certain places because of the business model. You know what I'm saying? And I totally give it to them. It's like. They, they really have to watch it. Otherwise, they could lose 
uh, whatever it is, a contract or whatever it is. What would be the best sports person to roast right now? Alive? Yeah. The best sports guy? Uh, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What would be a great sports roast? I'd love to do I one. I mean, Rob Gronkowski would be pretty great. That would be great. He's got a like lot of ways to, to go. a series him. of them, though. Like a, a series of sports ones. I think that would be really cool. That I remember ESPN was, they asked me for my opinion on it once about whether they should do sports roast and I, and I was like I can't even you're taking out jokes out of my columns you're gonna do a roast <laughs> right like you can't even handle one liners in a good fucking online column they would yeah. have to go through such a filter oh my and god it would, there's no be, way it would look corny wow. it wouldn't look good I the roasted Espies Terry Bradshaw once and and I, I roasted um Boomer like and I've done like PG roasts of athletes in certain situations I hosted the Golden Glove Awards who's who's the Gold who, Glove sorry who killed the most you yourself accepted at one of those because you basically, what are you, it's like nine minutes, 10 minutes? Everybody's different. Yeah, you're not answering that question. What do you mean? What's nine minutes, 10 minutes? No, about when somebody just goes up and just absolutely Kills. slays it. Who's Who had the all-time slaying? Geraldo was really roast good. Or at any roast? Geraldo was really good. Yeah, he was really yeah, good. Yeah, Geraldo, I mean. He, he, he would, would get exponentially it. better every roast. Like, he knew he had to step it up. For a while there, it was like this, almost like an arms race of uh, insults between him and Lisa. Like who could yeah. who could throw harder against you? Against Here's the, the thing about Geraldo that the people overlook and they have to remember when they would watch him on those Comedy Central roasts. There's no warm up. Yeah, he would. People would eat, drink, and then the show would start, and Greg would be the first roaster out. The host would would do a warm up. You know, would yeah. do whatever the host does. Yeah. and set the tone. But you would watch Greg. S- s- hitting homers before there's even yeah the stands aren't even filled. The crowd, yeah. so so the crowd is literally like you can hear like forks hitting the dish and people just sort of like leaning in going wait what do you say <laughs> so he kind of he just slapped him awake so that it's not the, not the word bombing's not right it's just more like he was just like shooting he's just slapping people before they could even laugh and then he got him on there. Then he, by the end of it, he, he was like crushing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different approach. He he didn't have time or the patience to, yeah, to never ease into it. He's amazing that way. Like fearless, just like, you don't see the, that in the you cut. know, just pushing, pushing down the door. It was great. I knew Jeff took Rose seriously when he started the Rose battle and Ralphie May got voted out. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is definitely not rigged. If he's, <sighs> if he's yeah, voted, that was traumatic for you. Yeah. He no, was bad I, for a while. I, I, it was, it was. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel and I were the judges, and uh, that was tough. But you know, I do take it seriously. And Ralph, Ralphie lost that battle, and sometimes it takes a, a little while. But he figured out that he lost. When did Ralphie die? Last year? Yeah, yeah. It was a tough year. You lost for a couple friends. Yeah. And how many? I'm trying to think who else. Geraldo died. <clears throat> Greg Geraldo, Ralphie, Patrice, a lot of comedians. I know at least 10. Sean Rouse was a good friend of Dave's, passed away recently. Yep. Funny comedian from Texas. It ain't easy being a comic, but let's not. What? But I think that's why tip people. I had to Ricky J, everybody. Oh my God. A great magician. I reread that New Yorker piece about him from yeah. 25 years ago. That was like one of the best ones they've ever I got to look at that. He, he like really was deep like a dive feature on how crazy great he was. He he was like a magician's magician, this guy. And he uh he also like was like classic where he like, you know, ran away to become a magician. I like that, you know. 
Who is who? What younger person is doing the most inventive stuff right now? That in magic or in comedy? In comedy. Let's or both. The or magic comedy. <laughs> Ventriloquism. <laughs> the in between art form. <laughs> is there anybody out there who's pushing the envelope? Ventriloquism, the gateway to law school. <laughs> my favorite comic right now, my, one of them is Yamanika, Yamanika Saunders. She has a new Netflix special called The Deplorables. She really kills me. She really, really kills me. She is great. She, She's she like came a, out on the road with Dave and I during some of the Bumping Mike's tour dates. And, you know, like she, she comes out right away and just wakes the audience up. She's completely... So, self-deprecating look her up she's so funny i like her a lot i have a ton of names i can i love the joke people i like people who like you know like fanatical joke writers like uh, louis katz mike vecchione uh mark norman and sam morell just awesome great at it mike fiona all these guys are really good they're all like uh super hardcore comics and like you will see them you know a lot. I, I have a feeling that they will see him a lot. And then there's like, you know, the guys that used to open for me who are now super great headliners like Jay Okerson and uh, Jay and Sam and I'm um, sorry, Dan's show, Dan Soder. That's a that's a fun ride. Funny and those, they're both really great comics. So there's a lot of there's funny so many people good, right now. There's so many good people out there now, but everybody's kind of like in their own bubble of what they think they like or what they should watch. You know who we they love, really Dave? go out and go to a comedy club like sight unseen and like just check it out and e even if it sucks you go like hey you know what I, I i checked it out you know i did something that people used to do all the time right. sight unseen i went to a comedy show uh, the worst things happen is you have a drink and leave you know i mean honestly like how many times you've walked out of a movie in your life god maybe twice okay so do it twice that's what i'm gonna say Go what's twice. what's the what's the i'm best? trying to support bad comedy <laughs> you know who's funny joe mackey who's on our show Joe is awesome and will Vince. and will Vince. Oh, the best LA so club right i'm now. sorry i didn't bring them up does Very it does the, does the top club shift or is it just everybody's got their little corner of what just the best comedy club right now oh i don't know i would say out here that you know I, i'm i'm a huge fan of both the improv and the comedy store because not only do I have work there, but I know the guy, the people that run it. Yeah. And I and I really do like know that they used to start as waiters and waitresses at another comedy club where I was headlining. And it's and it's like people are like, how do you get it? How do you become a like when you're in the comedy world, like from from like almost like I guess you could say it like squire to knight to king to whatever. It's like a lot of people have started at the at the I used to work the door at a comedy club. And like have just like worked their way through the whole system there. Right. So I love that. But they're great clubs. Uh, all of them actually out here, are, I think, are really cool. Like the Improv and the Laugh Factory. And but the comedy. <clears throat> but there's store no really signature is, one right now. The comedy store. You can tell you out here in New York, it's still like the Cellar or Caroline's. You know. Yeah. I feel like they're all kind of having a moment. Every every club in L.A. in New York and a lot of the clubs on the road, there it's it's out of a, it's like a mission right now. The world is uncertain. Politics. No one ever would. If you do commit political comedy, never once in a blue moon you heard about someone coming around. It was a, now it's permeates all comedy. It's like the way sports or it's like NASCAR and politics. Everyone has a team and a slogan. So I think comedy clubs support different ideas, free speech, comics who think one way or another. They, they don't book that way, they book on popularity. And, and and being able to kill. And I think the comedy club should get a lot of credit for that. You know, the comedy seller, for example, will 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 book the most liberal and the most conservative comics and and they book just the funniest people. 
You have a mix of everything. And and roast, you know, you got to give the comedy store credit. And and roast battle is where you'll see uh, disabled comics, transgender comics, more Asian comics than you would normally see in a lineup. And of course, black and white and Irish and Italian. And comedy is more diverse and mixed. I'm not saying woke. The woke comics put me to sleep practically. But just general, like, funny people are coming around. And maybe because... I don't know. Just high what is unemployment that? What's a woke no, comic? I don't. Just that sounds terrible. Super politically correct. Trying to, I don't know. How is that comedy? Social justice warrior type. Uh, well, sometimes people are funny, making a point. You know, someone would say George Carlin was a woke comic, but when was he the was last hilarious. time? Well, Je- is Jeff officially dating people that he's twice as old as? Jeez, <laughs> has he has is he it, lapped it? Is like lapping the I field. Don't, I, uh, as part of the bumping mic team, so we never let it out of the small circle. But I will say this: I will say this that uh, Jeff, you know, when 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 he says all Just these don't comics, go three times as, they all grew up old. watching you and watching me on Comedy Central, and like uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like creepy and cool that like you know you're that you've been doing it this long, and like now there's a whole generation coming up uh, behind it, and I think that's it's cool to see. I don't really see myself you know going past that but for uh for the younger generation yeah they are like coming up now and like yeah. what they're going to do and what they're going to have to face i can only imagine i really feel for them it's really a tougher game it definitely has more stakes to it i really feel for them in terms of comedy yeah and also be- like if you do two really good minutes that could end up being in a special down the road but then somebody videotapes it and now it's on youtube well YouTube how do you get is, it to come down the whole idea of like Going to a comedy club is in debate when there's like YouTube sensations that these people, you know, like they they basically are raising our children. They're the ones that these kids watch, you know, like every day putting up a new um, tutorial or whatever it is. And then they then they go to the clubs and they sell out big time. So if you own a comedy club, you know, you got to balance the two of like, you know, I need to pay the bills and I also want to like support comedy. So. Right, you want somebody who's got a ton of followers, or absolutely, yeah. Do we cover everything? I think we. Hey, man, it's great meeting you. Bumping, <laughs> bumping you. mics, bumping mics. Three episodes, but then it said season one, which makes me think another season oh, is coming. It does. Yeah, it said season one. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. You're right, Dave. Wow, we got another check coming. I it love sounds it. like it. No, but you we're did. not signed up for that. You could, so. you could finally oh. make the money back from the porn show. That would be great. That would get, be get awesome. back to back in the black. I'm not saying we're going to do, do it again. How, I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> I'm not saying we would do another season, but if we did, I think it would be fun to go to, on the road or like to Europe or something. Like, okay. how would you not do another season? You taped everything in one weekend. I sounds know, like yeah, that sounds like you got to hang out. Through. Got to hang out together, do your thing. Surely, Is there, but we, we it's our material. Like we don't do it unless there's firepower. Like it takes a long time. Dave's to like, getting up now for some reason. I thought that was You're it. done. I'm not. I have one more question. I have one more question. I have a question. When was the last time you guys were really mad at each other? Oh, I was mad on the drive over. So it was going to take 30 minutes. I'm afraid to tell the story because we're finally not fighting about it anymore. But he's going to go have a cigarette. Take your long time to tell a story. Go ahead. I mean, now he's standing up. Like I didn't it. know you had the Breakfast Club in here. I just got that one. I haven't hung it yet. Wow, it's a great one. You're one poster away from a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> the only got, time I get you got mad Bruce at, Lee, Wooden and Chucks. <laughs> the only time Dave lets me get mad at him is when I'm not allowed to 
visibly do it in front of people. Like we'll be on stage. It's called being professional. We'll be on stage. First of all, there'll be like a pr promoter in the room and he'll start yelling at me about some nonsense from the night before. And I'm like, Dave, don't fight in front of the people. But we'll be on stage and I'll set him up for the same joke three nights in a row. Yeah. And then we'll finally be like shooting the big show or whatever. And I'll be like, hey, Dave, how was, how was that trip to Oregon? Like just setting him up for the vegan strip club bit or whatever. And he'll just look at me like I'm speaking Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just be give him these ridiculous setups so inside i'll be steaming where my blood pressure is like raging he squandered your assist he like in basketball you give yeah. him a nice pass for a layup it's like i gave him a, i gave him an alley-oop and he just batted it down you know who right. else had the same problem the eagles the, yeah. <laughs> i'll put us on that level of <laughs> um all right Thank bumping you. mics check it out on netflix dave pleasure to meet you jeff great to see you as always great Thank to see you, you talk to you soon love you bud all right, we're going to jump to four realsies with my daughter, America's favorite teen pop culture segment. But first, Allbirds is dedicated to making stylish, comfortable footwear using premium natural materials designed for life's everyday adventures. Allbirds wool runners are comfy shoes made from wool. Are you impressed that I'm saying Allbirds wool, wool, wool runners? Wool. The That's wool a is hard the big three one. words to say together. Designed simply, no unnecessary logos. They come in a bunch of classic and limited edition colors that you can wear to work or to play in the office or out in the town. Feel good about them. Allbirds' new Zealand Merino wool requires 60% less energy to produce than typical synthetic materials used in shoes. It's ZQ certified, which means it's grown on sustainable farms where they treat the sheep nicely. They treated me nicely. They sent me a whole bunch of these and super comfortable. I was wearing them today in the rain. Need some, need, need to feel good in the rain. I didn't even know what to do. I should have I should have yeah, put them on. They it sent rained me a pair. in LA today. Next time. With the holidays right around the corner, it's time to consider all birds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. The new all wool runners are available in a variety of limited edition colors at allbirds.com. All right, my daughter's always here. It's time for another installment of America's favorite teen culture segment. For realsies. That's um, an epic intro. Kinda you like are that. um you're consuming a lot of a lot of media lately, especially because you had Thanksgiving break off. Mm -hmm. You plowed through the haunting of Hill House. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Why was this your favorite TV show of all time? Um. So, to like give a little backstory or the plot of the show, if you haven't watched it, which if you haven't, I'm concerned for your health because it's the best show I've ever watched. Um, it is about this family who have kind of, they lived in a house called the Hill House, which had been around for thousands of years and rumored to be haunted throughout the town. And the family, um, weird things begin to happen and they kind of start falling apart. But it flashes back from when the kids in the family are kids and showing their lives living with like these ghosts in the house to how it's affected them being adults and like how it's still affecting them. And it's just, it's insane. That sounds depressing. It's but it's like, it's not depressing. It's really scary. And like, if you're one of those kids or people, whoever you are, that are really into being scared yeah. and emotionally attach, attached to a TV show, this is your show. It's why do you so like, good. Why do you like movies and TV shows so much where something's wrong with the house? Do you really secretly want something to be wrong with our house? Or do you want to move into a house that something's wrong with it? I think- I like watching those types of shows that have issues with the house because that's like my worst fear living mm. in a house that 
has something wrong with it, like the basement's filled with something, or every time you turn on the shower, blood comes out. Like I'm just horrified. Well, I think most by that. people would be afraid of that <laughs> if blood was coming out of the shower. Uh, yeah, I mean, you won't go into our attic. No, an never, attic. never, no, no. How much would I have to pay you to go into the attic for five minutes? Um, I mean, lots of money. Yeah, lots yeah. of money. All right, so you love that one. You, since the last time, I can't remember the last time you were on, but you were predicting that to all the boys I loved before was going to be a massive hit because you read those books and mm-hmm. then it became a hit. And we talked about that, but now you read the other book that she did. Mm-hmm. What was that book? Um, I've read The Summer I Turned Pretty and I'm finished with the second book going on to the third book in the series. And I also read her book called Shug, which they're both, they're all great books that I feel like would make fantastic movies like to all the boys I've loved before was so successful not only because of like the plot of the movie but the cast yeah like Noah Centineo like is a big hit right now everyone's obsessed with him yeah this year (laughs) we talked about this last time around but this year this was social media combining with teen movies yeah so his Instagram was like under a million and now it's like 16 million yeah he has gained more followers in like a shorter amount of time than like anybody else has he i'm pretty sure has more followers than the president and you <laughs> I, I hope that's true yeah you or not follow the him? current president but yeah you follow him on instagram yeah what's going on with his life why are people so interested in him he um i feel like everyone's so interested in him because he was like a very quirky character that was like adorable more so than like he was lovably adorable yes. but, uh, but lovably awkward yeah Exactly. And his Instagram is like, he's doing this modeling campaign with some company, I'm pretty sure. But all of his posts are like him with his dog or him eating breakfast. Like it's always someone else. He's in no way narcissistic. Like he'll always be posting pictures of other people or his fans or like, he's very So he hasn't been selfless. Tainted yet by fame. No. And when he you, has a lot of it. You... DM back and forth with your friends where you get attached to certain celebrities oh, and yeah. send pictures. Who For are sure. those celebrities? Noah Centennio? Oh, um, the Dolan twins are like my favorite YouTubers right now. Yeah. Um, and so like there's a bunch of conspiracy theories between like the Dolan twins, the one of the twins, Ethan, this other YouTuber, Emma Chamberlain, who just moved to LA like a year or two ago, um, that they're like dating secretly, but she's 17 and he's almost 20 so they're not allowed to like announce them dating and wait that's illegal i know you're not allowed to date somebody you're only 13 you're not yeah you're not allowed to date anybody it's just a conspiracy theory like you don't actually know that it's happening but it's like a lot of people are kind of like Like he has to wait till she turns 18 and then they're gonna announce it i don't know that still feels illegal no it's like it's just a conspiracy theory i think we should throw him in jail <laughs> don't ever say that I love Ethan Dolan. But like we send um, videos back and forth, which are like edits that other people make who also like the Dolan twins. And they like create edits with pictures from like all of their videos and like songs. And they're really funny. Craig, did you know any of this? No, I, I really feel separated from. from <laughs> Team Cut, this is why we do for realsies. Yeah. And Craig's not even that much older than you. I know. 
It's crazy. Yeah. Thank God you're not allowed to date. I don't have to worry about you <laughs> having somebody waiting until you turned 18 to that's date. That's not what's happening. It's just it a sounds like that's kind of what's They're happening. They're best friends. And it's like everyone's just, you know how when people are best friends, they have to make it awkward and they have to like throw in there, oh, they're probably dating. So like- It sounds like you and b <laughs> You better cut that out. <laughs> I'm definitely not cutting that out. Yes. That was funny. No, that your buddy. funny. your friend. Okay. Yeah. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Netflix announced some movie that they were casting for that when I told you the plot, you you just not knowing anything about it. They haven't even made the movie yet or cast the lead. And you were like, that's going to be a big hit. The Tall Girl. Remember I sent you that thing? It was they were casting for somebody who's like in high school. Who's like five foot ten, five foot eleven, and can't find oh, a boyfriend because yeah. she's so tall? And you were like, "That one's that one's a massive hit." Mark I mean, it down. I wish we could buy stock in this stuff, honestly. But the one thing that will make it a massive hit is if they have like an attractive male character. It won't. So it has to be she's she's like five ten, five eleven, and he's like five eight, but he's super handsome. Or they does she find somebody who's taller? How does that go? What would you want to see? That's like a that's a tough call because that's a movie that I've never. Like, that's the movie seen. that you want, though. Yeah, that's a movie that I'd want for sure because it has like a weird twist. I mean, and you can't date somebody. Well, you're not allowed to date anyway. Would, but you can't. Da- you you'd have trouble dating somebody who is shorter than you. Yeah, they. I think they would have to be taller. Right. Yeah. You have and a couple like tall the, friends too. They who could have be the issues giant couple. This. Oh yeah, I do. That's why this movie would work because yeah. everybody has at least Everyone, one friend who's like beautiful but six feet tall or five ten or whatever, yeah. and it's harder for them to find people. Yeah. So you're buying stock in this one? Yeah, yeah. I'll buy stock in that. It sounds like you should be in it. Maybe they could cast you. <laughs> Maybe you could have a podcast with the tall girl. Uh, what else? You so a star is born. A star is born. I don't know great. if we've talked about that one on the pod. I think we have. We did? Last time. How many times have you seen it? We got the screener because I'm in the producer's oh. guild. Well, I haven't watched a screener yet because I You're gonna crank that out. To, but de- most definitely we'll be watching that like another Bohemian Rhapsody we have not talked about. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, give us your review of that one. Okay, so I did not want to see the movie. I thought that it was going to be like I don't know, I just didn't want to see it. I wasn't really interested. Um, and, but Ben Simmons, Your the obsessive queen fan yeah. since seeing Bohemian Rhapsody has, um, had forced me to go see the movie with him. And I feel transformed after seeing it. It was so good. It was just basically the concert stuff made it great. Right? Yeah. But like, there wasn't much of a movie though. It was just well, basically it was, them it, kind of, it showed, no, it showed is like how his road to fame went and like everything that happened to get him to the point where he was. But it was like, I don't know. It was one of those movies that you really felt connected to because it was like so emotionally hard to watch because he was going through so many things in a fast amount of time, which like fame can do to you. But um, yeah, I know that's and- happened to you after For Reals. It's when you got to 4,000 <laughs> oh Instagram fans. I know it's hard to deal with. <laughs> but um, like as loving music, I love music so much so the movie was like even better to me because all the songs were great 
And then also coming home and then Ben's on YouTube watching <laughs> the Prince's Trust concert from 1983, Freddie Mercury. Singing Freddie, Freddie Mercury in his weird outfits. Like <laughs> We're calling him Benny Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> he, ben, your brother goes through these obsessive stages. This one hasn't been that bad, but he got Michael oh, Jackson okay, Michael and Jackson, pro wrestling. Michael Jackson has come back at least three times and we're kind of expecting a fourth. It started off when he was like, what, six? Right. Well, he now was, he's at the age to get invited to the Neverland Ranch if yeah. Michael Jackson was still around. He was, so thank um, God he's not. Yeah, hopefully not. But he um, he went through Michael Jackson, then back to wrestling. And, Hamilton. Um, Hamilton. Couple Hamilton runs. Yeah. Then Michael Jackson, then Hamilton. Rest, baseball. Baseball. No, it was hockey. Fortnite. Oh, hockey, hockey baseball. And then um, Michael Jackson again. Fortnite. Baseball and girls. Yeah, that's true. He had cotillion this week, and he's, yeah, he's he does like he's so concerned with his appearance now. Like he made me do his hair like five different times in the bathroom to go to school. Seriously? Yeah, not not. Is he some, concerned with it, or is there he's somebody concerned. he's trying to impress? I don't know. I think Ben's I think like there's somebody Ben's at school cool, again. Ben's a cool kid in his grade. Like he's he's like the funny clown of the class, but he's like the cool kid. So I think our listeners know that he's a clown. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 They've heard the stories. <laughs> and he asked if he could be the president of a frat someday. <laughs> so I know we I know we're in trouble there. Yeah. Wait, what other pop culture did we so we have Bohemian oh. Rhapsody you loved. So you think that's a family movie. The whole family yeah. should go to that one. Yeah. Um you love the stars born, but we talked about that already. The good place. The good place you've been watching. Yeah. Okay. How many so, episodes are so the I funny think I'm thing on is seven or eight. In the first season. So the guy who created The Good Place, his son is on Ben's baseball team. So you have all these oh, ties. Wow. So you can talk to him about it. Awesome. You can ask him questions. Like, I um, I started watching it because all of my friends were obsessing over it. Yeah. And um, I was hanging out with my friend, Ella, who's like our family friend I've known since forever. And she just put the episode on. And I've like literally blown through it since then. And I've only had like maybe a day or two. And then I got back into school. But um, it's such a good show. Like, I really like it. I think it's understandable that some people might not like it, but I really no, have most enjoyed watching like it. it. Really? It's a very popular show at The Ringer. Yeah. yeah really? A lot of The Ringer people That's great to have know. gotten into it. And The Hate You Give. Oh, The Hate You Give. Um, I have so many things to say about it. For one, if you're going to see the movie, please read the book first. I know that sounds like cliche and like, stupid but you really should read the book first this is one of those scenarios where like the book is so good and it includes more than the movie i love the movie the same amount as i love the book but you really should read the book first okay um i thought the movie was so good and it like exceeded every expectation i had for it since reading the book but it's like it's very heart throbbing like i never cry and you know that i yeah, never cry during movies that's my side yeah and like the mom only cries movie for I've, everything. Mom cried movie. during a Michael Jordan commercial once. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie I've ever cried in is Marley and Me. But like this right. movie, I cried the entire time. And it was just, it's so emotionally impacting. Like you definitely should see it, but read the book. You're going through, um, you're applying to high schools next year. Mm -hmm. You've had to do applications and write about yourself and take tests. Are you excited for it to be over soon? Yes. So excited. So, so excited. Just like not have the stress of it and just like be waiting to know what schools. 
I got I don't miss that. That's one of the few things I don't miss about being a kid. Yeah. One of the best things about being a kid is you don't have to pay for everything, anything and yeah. you don't have a job. But I like, I realized that I didn't appreciate my kindergarten homework, which was like drawing, kindergarten homework? <laughs> drawing a smiley face on a piece of paper and turning it in. Right. Like I really just did not appreciate that enough. Do we need to go back and watch some of the old high school movies now that you're about to go into yeah. high school? Yeah. We got to bang out like Breakfast Club Breakfast. and 16 well, I've Candles. Seen that a, a billion I know, times. but we got to like run them back. We'll, we'll run them back. Never Been Kissed. Does that count as a high school movie? Okay. So my school is doing electives. You know, yeah. how we do electives on Friday. And my one of my favorite teachers at my school, Lil, she's running an elective that's called Teenage Movies Empowerment for Girls. And they're like based on a female, like, main character yeah and it's just a bunch of movies and we're gonna be watching movies and eating snacks the entire time so i'm gonna get to watch those high school movies i like you becoming more and more of a feminist as you're getting older <laughs> age 13 it's starting to happen yeah i mean um, i'm not like an insane person but like, no you're a proud female yeah um what books are you reading other than the ones you mentioned? Any other ones? Because you've been plowing through books. Yeah. Make I've been, some book recommendations. What about those two that the publisher sent you? Okay. You I've, read one of those, right? Yeah. I started the first one. I've been, so I got sent two books from a publisher and um, I was in the middle of For like- For realsies, becoming a brand. Yeah. Publisher sending you books. I was in the middle of reading three other books, but I just started the first book that she sent, which- I believe it had a traumatic start. Like, but someone, that's good. You like traumatic yeah. starts. I don't want to spoil anything, but like something happens within the family and then it like brings a love interest. We didn't say what interest. the book was, so you're not spoiling anything. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. it's really good so far. All right. Well, over Christmas, you have to read a ton of books. Yes. And I've been reading a book a week about, like maybe a book a week and a half. And, um, I have a couple book recommendations. Every Jenny Han book that I have read has been super successful and I've completely loved and felt torn apart when I finished. What was the book you read when we had the soccer trip and you read the book in one day? Oh, was that, that was the, the first, um, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Yeah, yeah. That was the you first You plowed one. through that one. I plowed through that one. I love that book. That entire series is really good. Um, Shug is really good. I finished that in like two hours. It's a short read, but it's really, really good. And then um, right now I'm finishing. There's a th there's three books to the series to all the boys I've ever loved before. Yeah. And then I'm on the second book of that. Okay. And yeah, so all the Jenny Han books are are really, really good. Do you care about Ariana Grande's Thank You Next thing? Oh Does yeah, that her reach song. You? I've. <laughs> No, has that reached your demo? Because that's become a big social media thing. Yeah. Um, I've listened to that song a couple of times. I don't know if like, I like the hasn't song. Hit I ha it hasn't hit you. It hasn't hit me. What's the thing you're going to Friday that has Shawn Mendes? Oh, Jingle Ball? I am so excited. I literally- Let's end on that one. Shawn Mendes, who it's else? It's Shawn Mendes. Um, who else is in it? Shawn Mendes, very high on the power oh, rankings. Very high. I love him. He's amazing. And then there's, it's Shawn Mendes- I thought there was somebody else really good. Cardi B? Yeah, I think Cardi B is doing it. She's always doing those type of stuff. I'm excited for her. She's a great performer. Um, who else? I think there was um, like Dua Lipa. I yeah. really like her. She's awesome. Who's your favorite new artist of 2018? That's difficult. I mean. <laughs> I don't feel like there's been a new I one I don't know if demo. there's like an artist that I'm just really obsessed with. 
I like a couple of different songs from different artists, but I like, haven't found an artist that really everything they do, I love. The biggest thing that's happened to you that you've liked is that Logan Paul and Jake Paul are kind of on the outs now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love that. They're not cool anymore. No. The, the cool group right now is James Charles. Yeah. By the way, he just released his first palette. Okay. Which is really cool. And that's created a lot of controversy on the internet about his palette. Because he's like the most successful YouTuber right now. Yeah. Negotiable. But he is very um, well known. And like no matter who you are, when you're my age, you know who he is. Hmm. James Charles. James Charles. Big win for him. Big win. Who knew, Craig? I didn't. Yeah. He... <clears throat> everyone knows about James Charles and he just released his palette. And that's been like a crazy kind of. Well, congrats, James Charles. What yeah. about Brat? What's going on at Brat? Oh, okay. So I short, my computer short circuited. So I haven't, I hadn't been able to watch a couple of their episodes. So I caught up on like at least four, I think of my favorite, one of their shows, Totally Clips. Yeah. With Maddie Ziegler and Johnny or or Johnny Orlando. Oh, you like Maddie Ziegler? Yeah. Or not Maddie Ziegler. It's Mackenzie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Mackenzie and Johnny Orlando and like a bunch of other people. But I really, really What happened to that Netflix show you liked where the girl had cancer and then everybody shaved their heads? That's coming back soon, right? Yeah. Oh, Alexa and Katie? Yeah. I love that show. I literally watched it over the summer and I've been waiting for it. Yeah, when it ended, you were traumatized after. You I were like, so where's sad. the next one? <laughs> you I know. didn't understand that they'd only done one season. I just like, I sometimes get emotionally attached to like TV shows that I watch or books that I read. And there's been a couple, like The Hill House. I'm Alexa and Katie, literally definitely. missing that so much. Alexa yeah. and Katie, um, Stranger Things, which isn't coming out until summer 2019. And yeah, that's it, a long time. It came out almost a year ago now. So that's kind of depressing because I really love that show. But um, yeah, that and my book, Shug. All right. So you're gonna you're gonna have Christmas break soon. You're gonna have to watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. Give us an update. Yeah. If you have any recommendations, any of you listeners, please send them or comment them on my Instagram or whatever, which is for realsies. Because I really do need more TV shows and books that people like so I can talk about them. This is a great plug. Your Instagram. That was a great plug. It's it's the number four. (laughs) And then it is, it's the number four, R-E-A-L-S-E-E-Z. Yeah. And you're I'm, up to a whopping 4,000 followers, but <laughs> you're supposed to get more recommendations though. You're okay. not going to build your audience okay. when you only have four this posts. This is what's happening right now. I only have four posts because I've been going through like the applications process and you're interviews. Almost done. I'm about to go to an interview today, but um, once it's all over, I will be more active on that account. I all right. Promise. I know Craig's been disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Zoe Simmons. Yeah. Thank right. you. All right, thanks to ZipCruiter.com. Don't forget to go to ZipCruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Allbirds. They believe comfort, design, and sustainability don't have to be mutually exclusive. They're Allbirds, wool runners, comfy shoes made from wool. So soft, it feels like walking on clouds with the holiday right around the corner. It's time to consider Allbirds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. Buy yourself a gift. You deserve it. The all-new wool runners are available in a variety of limited edition colors at Allbirds.com. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks to FanDuel. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is the place to play at FanDuel. You get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. And in my case, last week, you get the excitement of winning $250. Mm. God, I was so smart last week. What a great lineup I picked. Jealous. Go to FanDuel.com slash BS. Get a $5 bonus when you make first deposit. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply for full eligibility rules and terms and conditions. Go to FanDuel.com. We are done for this week. We have uh, three good pods coming next week. Sunday night with Sal and, and the rewatchables that we actually taped um, yesterday. Me, Fantasy, and Chris Ryan. That's all coming soon on the Ringer Podcast Network. Enjoy the weekend.